0: I see churches favour women. I'm Marion Wright, and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that aims to build community by sharing the real-life stories of Christian women. This episode, I am going to bring you a chat that I had with Pastor Nikki Hamelinan. Nikki, along with her husband Dave, pastors our Adelaide campus, and I got to interview her when she was in Brisbane for Favour Conference last month. Now, I feel like I have to give you some disclaimers for this episode. Firstly, we did this one really late at night. Nikki had just gotten off a plane and so we ended up snuggling up on my couch with our cups of tea and so we did get a bit late night loopy and you will hear that and so I am sorry for that, just a heads up. The second disclaimer is that I had a cold in this episode so please excuse my croaky and nasally voice. And the last disclaimer, if you don't know Nikki, prepare yourself. You are going to fall absolutely in love with her. And if you do know her, prepare to delve into the beautiful depths of Nikki's heart. You are going to find beauty and generosity and wisdom. So here, without any further ado, is my friend Nikki Hamelinan. Thank you, Hammers. Welcome to Favourite Friends. This is a dream come true for me. Oh stop. I listen to you all the time in my stop. kitchen. I do, I do.
1: I listen to you and I hear you talk to the women.
0: Aww. And I go, Go Marion. You are the best encourager ever. Oh, I don't you know are. That's very kind. Thank you for talking to me. It's very late at night. It's you've, a late one. You've so off everyone? The so it's a I'll
1: late on every plane. It's a late croaky one. Try and be <clears>
0: efficient. I have a cold. I'm a bit croaky. We'll pray for you. Apologies. (laughs) I'm going to start by asking you some questions about yourself. In your opinion, what do you think is the most interesting thing about you? Oh, no. Tell me something that no one knows about you. I see.
1: I feel like the dullest person ever. When we were teenagers, we would say, like, um, if you were a colour, you'd be. (laughs) Yeah. Or if you were an animal, you would be da-da-da-da-da. And I would just always, like, the grey owl. Like, just pretty boring right
0: like no, that's a th- but why tell me why I just think I just was like a bit <laughs> a bit
1: dull I don't know hourly and wise a- Allie, well probably a bit pent up really but um, <laughs> but I look gray's my favorite color so that's fine Ooh, but I'm um, colour. I don't know I don't know like what kind of interesting things about me I, I feel like a fairly open book in lots of ways I feel like I don't really hide too much from people so I don't know the usual kind of I'm a busy mum but um I love stripes like an obsessive level and tartan because that's because I've got Scottish heritage
0: I did not know mm. that about we've you we've got a clan
1: Matheson clan
0: really mm,
1: a tartan and like a shield and stuff
0: <laughs> so they, that's very interesting. interesting there you go would you say what would you say you're passionate about in your life oh
1: um I th- I love God. I love God's house. I'm passionate about those. You know, I think passionate things are things that you kind of can't shake, and the things that you kind of think over time and time again. That and so, in I feel like they're the things that res- like resound with me constantly. So I'm passionate about um, my family. Um, passionate about my children, my boys. You've got great kids. Do you have beautiful boys? God's been so good to us. Um... And I think I'm just passionate about, uh, like, living a long life faithful to God. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's just, you know, when I think, you know, just my day-to-day, what's now, what's the future? That's the kind of stuff that I think, how can I just live a life that serves God? And not just now, but, like, long-term.
0: You know what I mean? Can I ask you a question about passion? Do you think that it's always linked to high emotion? Oh, gee. No.
1: Yeah. I don't think so. Because I think the passionate things are the the consistent things in your life that you, you know, you kind of hold on to um, day in, day out. I'm passionate about my children when they have a win on the basketball court. But, like, you know, that's mm. high emotion. But then it's like it's doing dishes with them. There's mm. not, like, a high emotion in that, is there? So, yeah. Um, no, I don't think it has to be. I think mm. passionate things are the things that you maintain and keep, you
0: know, faithful to. Mm. I think passion gets sold to sometimes as like this fiery, yeah. energetic, yeah. you know, thing that I don't know, makes me feel quite tired. When yeah, I think about it. Sure, it makes me want to lie down and not sustainable yeah. either.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah, k- yeah. I'm kind of not into like that whole just be passionate or high energy for a short burst i'm more i don't know the long game Mm. interests me Mm. and i think you can be you know Mm. hold true to that for a long time Mm.
0: i like that about you i think yeah i really do Mm. i think the word steadfast often comes to mind when i think about you yeah because there's a lot to say for consistency these days Mm. and i think that's something that yeah, we you know we, we talk a lot about like oh she's a passionate person, mm. but you don't know often hear she's the most consistent person you're ever going to meet. Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like it's a good I'm thing. terribly reliable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, tell me your favorite thing about Adelaide. You live there now. I do. We how long back have you? How long have you lived there now? So it's just
1: gone a year since wow. Pastor Paul and Joe sent us down to wow. plant a church, which yeah. is just crazy fun. Um. But before that, so we were in Brisbane for close to 10 years yeah. and then lived there my whole life before that. So we've kind of gone away and kind of been shot back in. So I do love it and I, like, I know it's like a big country town and, and it gets a lot of flack and people say to me down there, why are you moving back? Like why would you leave Brisbane for this? And Because um, I think they think Brisbane's just, you know, holiday land all the time. Really? They don't know that people work in Brisbane. <laughs> they don't realize that, um, I but I do. I love the city. I love the city, and I love um, I love the seasons. I really like it's totally changing all the time. Spring flowers, warm summer, crispy orange autumn, you know, and then a nice chilly winter which you don't really get in Brisbane.
0: no um, it was 25 degrees today yeah, yeah that's the brisbane i remember it was hot i had and to look, shave my legs oh. i'm like what is happening winter legs are, are out. Be down
1: yeah yeah um so i i just i like i like bringing my kids up there i loved them here i i don't know i i feel like i can live anywhere really but i i, I do have fond memories of, mm. of being there as a kid mm. and And growing up and so um it's just lovely to be back and Mm. um just to be doing a bit of work for god do
0: you i realized the other day it's been a long time since i first met you i I met you when i was 20 years old makes me feel old i turned 29 this year i know yeah and I remember, because we are birthday buddies. Yes, we have the same and, birthday. Um the first birthday I ever remember talking to you about was when I turned 21 and you turned 30. Oh, don't even talk about it. And we celebrated the fact that we had these milestone birthdays. Yeah, at and McDonald's. Was, we had a yeah, sunny day, yeah, McDonald's we moment. We did. That was good. And I realised that there was actually a lot I wanted to ask you about really? in your life, even though I'm, I feel like I've known you for this long time. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about growing up. Mm. Did you grow up in Adelaide? I did, yeah. We were there too. I was 27,
1: 28. So what do you remember about growing up in Adelaide? Um, Well, my, I have an older brother. And so a lot of my family memories of my mom and my dad and my brother, my parents split up when I was um, six or seven. So um, I guess from that time, you know, kind of had the dual home situation. Um But I think a lot of my memory is I I had beautifully consistent friends and um sport was a big part of our lives but um church was this huge huge factor for us so my mum had become a Christian two years before I was born and so I really grew up in church even though my parents were split up and my dad um isn't a Christian you know I went to church every Sunday with my mum and served where she served and um loved it you know I found a whole nother family in church so I guess that's a big part of my
0: memory of, of um growing up there do, do you have a moment where you f- fell in church for real like yeah yeah, yeah where was that for
1: sure it, it was super vivid for me I and I I choose to never forget it because I think you've got to remember that old stuff like the big, mm. the, the moments, big or little, because I think without remembering, you kind of, it's easy to forget how good God's been to mm. you. And so, um, Paul and Joe were my youth pastors when I was a teenager. So they've been part of our lives for a long time. Um, but it was January in 1904 and I was just about to start high school and just at church, that youth, sorry, um, on a Saturday night and it was two days before I started high school and I remember and we were just hungry for God like it was a pretty raw time I think for church youth ministries and we had a huge youth ministry and God was just you know in it and it was like teenagers hungry for God it wasn't Mm. just you know I'm at church because my parents are here Mm. it was like uh, this is what I want for me and so I kind of just socially started going along um but there was just one defining moment where i just was in worship just felt the power of god on me and was baptized in the holy spirit no one really prayed for me but it was just this beautiful moment that i look back on and i can kind of see like from that moment um it was like an empowering for the next stage ahead in high school and i was really um i guess on fire that sounds really cliche but i was really on fire for god and wanted to see my friends come to know god and um so that was a real moment for me where it was like, well, my mum's brought me to church all these years, but now I'm this is my own decision, you know. Like I'm not just relying on her faith, but
0: this is something that I want for my
1: life now. And it's probably, quite young
0: to get that. It is. I don't think I got there until I was like. I don't know 18 yeah yeah or like really you yeah, know, like right. real, yeah like for real yeah. like beyond just the. this is what I do with my life sure. on a weekend
1: yeah yeah and I guess some people don't hit that till they're 20 or 30 you know like God's so good in yeah. in meeting us where we're at and I yeah. think I needed God I needed God so badly you know my family mm. was a bit of a mess and and so I needed to know the faithfulness of God and I mm. needed to and it wasn't like like super Christian perfect or anything, but I just um his presence really came alive to me then and um I think I just needed that for the next stage and it's an hour life, you know, that I live for him. So what was Teenage Nikki like? Oh look there was probably a bit of frizzy hair. Oh yes. There was a lot of um like we used to hand around a hair straightener. Mm. Like there was only one between like our group of nine friends, so was we it would like share. It. No, no, no it was oh, oh, that, okay. Wait, I was way before that, Mary. This is like 1995, um, <laughs> and so there was some frizzy hair, you know, some bad eyebrows. Um, but I, I, I look back and cringe a little bit because I was probably super pent up. Like I was pretty highly strung, and like a bit, you know not fun this is what i mean like not very
0: <laughs> Interesting. i wasn't a very
1: fun person really yeah. like you were just reading and studying all the time
0: yeah i um i was saying to someone the other day to one of my friends this is a big time in my life for me <laughs> <laughs> because i have friends this is a oh, big deal for a little girl really Who used to hang out in the library a lot right yeah see i would have been your friend yeah, I think you really would have. I had beautiful friends. Yeah. But they
1: would always criticize me for saying, like, come out on a whatever night. And I'd be like, oh, I've got to do work. Yeah. Even through uni, I had yeah. people say, come out, do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, yeah. I've just got assignments to do. So, not your level of diligence. Oh, I wouldn't call look, my thing diligence. Mm, I would. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> but no, as a teenager, and the funny thing is, this is just the funniest. God's got a sense of humour because the church we're planting, um, the venue that we have is actually in my old high school. Wow. So it's just like this time warp Wow! um, going back and, um, you know, seeing it all and where our kids' church is is this room that, like I ran like a mini youth group in, like on a Thursday. It was called Christians in Action, CIA, super lame. Oh, Um, that
0: is... Nice. I know it was terrible,
1: <laughs> and all we used to do, I, had, we, I ran it with two other friends who just love God as well, and so we'd have youth on the, the Friday night at church, and then we just kind of duplicate it the next week, like whatever they did. So we had like that's a good way to do it, you know, youth yeah. leaders come in and share and yeah. stuff, had games and you yeah. know worship and blah blah blah. Yeah. So um, so anyway, I'm kind of reliving all of that down in Adelaide now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and kind of just going yeah wow I was probably a little bit serious as a teenager I
0: probably could have lined up a little bit do you know what I mean yeah I very much so what you mean mm. I was like that yeah. too you have been a Christian a long time I have yeah yeah yep. and I think um I don't know I look at life sometimes I think gosh it's long mm. I don't know how I can commit to this one thing you know mm. I mean that in a very human mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. it's hard to stay committed to things mm. what what keeps you in the faith um
1: I guess I, I just can't I because my like half of my family well a lot of my family aren't, aren't Christian so it wasn't like I grew up in a bubble of like Christian land like I saw a lot of secular life and i think because of that it was actually a blessing because i would see like you know I might have had a lot of rich friends and um you know people that were just you know high career you know career people and um and none you know that's not a bad thing um but i i feel like i saw people like that but their lives were really broken and i just thought you can hunger after money you can you know search for all of these things you know like um but you're just never gonna find what you're looking for and all that kind of stuff so i think as a young person i really saw um that nothing else really compares to god you know and that people would kind of pursue that kind of life and then come back to god i'm like well, i'm just going to cut to the chase and stick to this thing you know what i mean like I don't know, I always kind of think the end game, you know what I mean? And, and Sounds like a very rational decision to make. Well, I think it probably was and I, I I just saw enough brokenness in in a lot of people that I thought, well, I just don't want to do that. I Looking back, I would, you know, write things like journals to myself of like, you know, as a mum, this is what I need to remember. And, you know, mm. like and, and really I'm like, oh, that was probably a little bit long-sighted wasn't it but I'm glad that I've probably always had that perspective on like you know I don't want to pursue stuff that doesn't really matter to me you know what I mean so um, yeah I think I've just kind of held on because I can see God at work in my past and so why would I jeopardize that or cut that short or abort it you know because Feel like doing something else that really I know doesn't count or doesn't really matter.
0: Do you know what I mean? Mm. Did, um, was there a point in your life where church based ministry felt like the future for you? Um, I think I am
1: not necessarily, and I know that sounds crazy because I've been a pastor's wife since I was 20. Was 19 when I got married, which mm. is not for everybody, but it's totally working for us. Mm. Um, and so I think you know, I've kind of always, you know, as a married person, always been involved with ministry alongside Dave. But, it, um, it wasn't like this moment of like you're called to full time ministry. I feel like I've just always wanted to serve God in whatever shape form or capacity that I can and 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 um so and I've always just I, you know since I met Dave and you know we've been married I've always just kind of loved and believed in his gift as well and just want to help release that where I can too and so um you know I've I'm a teacher by trade and have had you know seasons of teaching and seasons of not teaching and see uh, had a season where I worked on the church staff. But, you know, I feel like since I was 18, I feel like I've really been serving God as hard and fast as I can. Um, paid, not paid, whatever, you know, like it doesn't matter to me any of that kind of stuff. I've just wanted to serve God, serve his house, um, you know, in whatever way I can.
0: I like that you said that you had been serving God hard and fast. Mm. And I think we throw around the term burnout. A lot, mm. you know, these I don't know, I hear it a lot. Mm. I think I've used it in my own context at times. Right. And I think we don't look at I don't know, do you think that there is a sustainable way in the long term to serve God or do we just we just go all out? This is it, this is the only chance we get. Look, I, I pe- people have burnt out for sure. Like that's a real thing
1: for a lot of people. Like I, I don't know that we've um and I think I took wheat a lot, because I feel a real team mate kind of connection with David, because um, we always we're a good team. We work well together. There's things he's he's very talented and and can do tons of stuff, but I think he relies on me for a lot of things too. Um, so I don't know. I feel like um, a lot of our ability to sustain is is part of past Paul and Joe's leadership. Um, You know like we're a busy church we do lots of cool stuff but I feel like I always just say the priority list is good to me like and I I don't feel like it's it's we work a lot but it's a joy you know like it's not it never really feels like a burden so um you know I guess if you love what you do and you love why you're doing it like I always have to keep in mind why we're doing what we're doing because even moving back to adelaide there's a you know we're meeting people catching up with people seeing people we haven't seen for 10 years and it's like you get this sense that people have forgotten why they were doing what they were doing why they were serving god and i think for dave and i it was never a, like a social move or like uh you know just to be in the cool club like you know i, I really feel like anything i've done for god or you know this life that we're leading is really birthed out of gratitude like as a young person like I, I had this encounter with God when I was 13 and then I had some amazing like well, two key ones connect group leaders like home fellowship we would call it back then in the olden days Bless, less um so one her name was Bernadine Hawks who was like my first leader and Pastor Joe was my home fellowship leader as well and I so blessed by people that would invest in me and i felt like just like a no one and i was just like one of hundreds of teenagers in the youth ministry and i just remember feeling so blessed by man i've got a youth group i've got people that are investing in my life um opportunities to like you know learn about god and grow in god and and i think really my motivation in serving now always has been I'm just so glad for that season, and I want to provide a place that other people can experience that. So, I think when that's your why, and what you know, you you know, why you're doing what you're doing, you know, there's seasons where we've worked super hard and had to, you know, like, and that's fine. Um, But then there's times where you can pull back a little bit or just breathe a little bit. And I don't know, I think Paul and Joe are just excellent um, in that sense you know I think we all play a long game it's not just to get to the next Sunday or to have a good you know good quarter or something it's like you know we want to grow something that's going to last and have some sustenance to
0: it so I look mm. at your life and I think your mom your wife you teach you pastor and I just it makes me tired thinking about mm-hmm. it I don't <laughs> even do it have you ever Have you ever been in a season like that where you're like, Lord, I'm just tired. I need a break and I want to do this. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, I have definitely felt tired. I think,
1: um, you know, like I think the baby season, when you have babies, that's like a weird kind of time of life and a bit of a bubble. And, you know, like you're busy with little people and the demands of that. um, But you're at home a lot more. And so even now, sometimes I go, oh, man, give me that season again. Because that was really lovely, actually. Really, and you kind of forget it, yeah. you know how good it was. I was just thinking about how, before Max started school, I'd like have picnics outside every lunchtime, you know, with him. And I'm like, what? Like, that's really beautiful. Like, I loved that kind of season. And so, I don't know. I think with whatever is thrown your way, or whatever you're choosing to do, or whatever you kind of called to, I think you've got to just find those moments to, you know. And it's going to look different to everybody all the time you know like for me it is it is a busy little season for us but I just you know I'm like I'm going to have breakfast by myself on a Saturday morning and you know and and sometimes I get up at 6am to do that but I just have to find a little pocket of time just for myself and to get away a little bit so um and I know it's not going to always be like that like this season for us is very um, intentional. We like planning a church, which we've never done before, like this is all just new to us. Um and so we're just kind of having to, you know, know that season and what's required of that and as our team grows and people take other responsibilities, like that's you know, I know that the season we're in is not gonna be look like this forever. And so you know, I think if you get overwhelmed by oh, there's no respite, there's no end to it. I think that's how, you know, you can get quite easily burnt out. But no, thankfully, you know, we kind of just keep it in check, mm. you know, and it's not big stuff. Like we don't do big fancy, you know, getaways or anything or, um, you know, but I just think it's just the little stuff like just a movie night on a school night even, you know, it's not even Friday mm. and we'll just do a movie night with the kids and just chill out. Mm. And, um, You know,
0: for me that's that's okay at the moment, so... I forget life is long sometimes mm. and I think especially even in like marriage mm. I forget yeah, right. that we're playing the long game sure. and that it won't be like this forever no and you look back and you think yeah it's not like that anymore
1: no you know? yeah you see and the I growth think,
0: and you see the change yeah, yeah and I think serving at church is probably the same mm. you know eight years ago I was on a service team I and know. anxious as heck really because I had to say hello to people at the front door and no. I wasn't good at that Maybe you were. I don't know. Maybe someone was blessed by that. Maybe. (laughs) No one told me, so if anyone wants to tell me, that'd be great. Well, this is
1: something for our IC family and make sure that you are there for Encounter this year. On Friday the 4th and Saturday the 5th of October, we're going to be gathering together all the campuses of IC Church with Pastor Jason Lozano from California. And I know we're in for an incredible weekend as we position ourselves and really get ready to receive what God has got for us. Make sure you get registered and get to Encounter this year.
0: A child bride. and was. You got married to Dave at nineteen, but you actually mm. met him way earlier than that. Yeah. Tell me about meeting Dave. Oh, that's
1: so funny. Um, well, he's actually a friend of my brother's. He's f- f- like my brother and dave are five years older than me. Um, and so even before David was a Christian, he, his dad and my dad would, you know, get get along. At, um, they played state cricket together, like a high level of cricket, and. Um, And so then he had this great radical conversion, which was unbeknownst to me, and I didn't really know who he was at that stage either. But then – so I was just like a young thing in the youth group and just loving Jesus. And um, Dave tells the story that it was Pastor Joe who said to him, Dave, found a good one for you, but you're going to have to wait because I was only 15 at the time and he was 20. And that's, you know, obviously – and that were you the, at youth? I was in the youth ministry. And he was a youth leader? Yeah. But I was like, well, you know. That is so scandalous. <laughs> well, it is. But there was no, there was nothing dodgy. Um, <laughs> it was all very above board and safe church. Of course. Um, because, you know, like, I, he was a lot older than me at that Ooh. stage. I it think still when he was
0: 15 and 20, that's a big gap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... But we didn't get together till I was 18. Yeah. So, but he, he was interested and, and waited for two and a half years or something till I finished school. Yeah. And then let me know that he was keen. And then we got married when I was not quite 20. And, um, yeah.
0: I remember you saying a long time ago that I think – I feel like you approach a lot of things in your life in a very rational, mm. logical way. And I think I remember you saying that you kind of approached your marriage to Dave in that same way, that you knew that he was it mm. and you would have loved a little bit more time. But yeah. you just kind of knew that there did. was stuff to do.
1: Yeah. And like so it was say. like, all right. Do you remember that <laughs> I did. I said to him, look, can we just – I don't want to really go out with you. In my head, like I was quite ambitious. I, I did reasonably well at school and – um, was just like, well, I've just got to go to uni, and you don't want to. What get did you want to do? Well, I I always like loved the idea of education. I think if I had my time again, I would probably choose something a little bit more literary based. Yeah, I would too. Um, but look, I didn't. <laughs> not have that I regret my life. No lie, and I I, I look. <laughs> you I'm change very, the world. Nikki. We do. We change young minds. <laughs> I'm teaching little people to read, and that's a blessing. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I I'm I didn't have excellent careers counselling or know what I could have done, you know. Yeah. What I mean? But no regrets, you know. It's all good. Um. So. And so, when you met him, did you feel like you're gonna have to give some of that up? Well, I thought, I, like in my head, I was like, well, you wouldn't get married till you're like 27 or something, and you know, like it was all f- a lot further down the track. Um, but you know, I I just I guess. When it's there, it's there, you know what I mean? And he was a great guy, and I um you know, you say at your wedding day in sickness and in health, richer for poorer, you make all these vows. And the truth was, I had seen all of those phases of his life before we got married. So yeah. you know we were I was young, but I'd seen him with no money, and I'd seen him with a lot of money, you know, because he'd had a business, and um I'd seen him, super athletic and very very healthy and I'd seen him having open heart surgery when he was 24 like you you can't and you get to know people in those times you know and so I feel like when I got married there was no surprises like I knew what this guy was like in in every season and I think um that was looking back that's like super important because you know I could have been much older but only known him in one kind of light for a a short time and and then get married and go, What? What is this? So um yeah, so I was young, but it wasn't um, and I wouldn't say it's for everybody at all. Like I wouldn't go, yeah, get married when you're nineteen. Like I've really grown up with him. Like next year I would have been married as long as I have been not married. So um Wow Yeah, kinda yeah, weird. Yeah, I personally
0: was a big idiot when I was nineteen. <laughs> I don't think – I wouldn't have recommended anyone marry me. No. Oh, God. I still don't know if I'd say that now.
1: You're very mature and wise, Marion. It's fine.
0: (laughs) That's great. Did you ever have any, I don't know, resistance to marriage considering that your parents were Mm. split up Mm. early? That's a good question.
1: And um, no, I didn't. Yeah, right. And that's kind of a miracle, I know, because I know that the – more like if your parents divorce there's a higher chance that you yeah and you know, I
0: think it sucks a lot of people out it
1: does and I haven't had a lot of friends that like delayed delayed or ended relationships because maybe of that fear but um I don't know I guess a the theme just keeps coming back of like church was a blessing like I, I mm. and I saw in church like ah oh, like you could be married and like happy and like it could like, and I would look at people who were like in their seventies, like, oh, that made it work. And so I guess there wasn't, and maybe it was because I was young, like I I was probably you know maybe a little bit more naive, going, I can do that, you know. And I think, um, yeah, like it's 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 kind of worked for us. So um, yeah, I, I it hasn't been a fear. Like I think maybe my dad might have thought. You know, are you what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. um But I think they just could see Dave was a great
0: guy, and and um, he loved me and cared about me. And how do you grow up in a marriage together and give mm. each other space to change? And yeah, yeah. How I, it's a long time I think to be married.
1: Yeah, I know. We we had our anniversary. Everyone's like, congratulations. I'm like guys, we're, like, not even a third of the way through. Like, this is, this, you know, yeah. this long life. His parents just celebrated 50 years of marriage. And I'm like, wow. oh, that's amazing. So, I, like, I don't know. We're not perfect at all. Like, we're still, we've had, you know, mm. plenty of moments of, like, grrr, and having to, like, you know, really. And I think, you know, looking back, I'm like, the first few years was probably a little bit rough, really. You know, it's a real mm. shock to the system, really. doing your own stuff and I was quite an independent person um as a you know teenager didn't really rely on people a lot and so um I don't know I think we've just kind of learned to really like serve one another you know I think wow the more you if if each of us is like coming to serve like he serves me I serve him everyone wins like it's just a total winner if people, if, if one person's not coming to serve the other, then there's always going to be that imbalance. And so, um, we get it wrong lots of times and there's, I'm sure there's times where I've been high maintenance and I could tell you the list of his flaws, you know, and he could do the same for me, but I think we just choose to, you know, keep forgiving, forgive, 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 forgive constantly. Like it's a constant thing. And, um, I always have to, and, you know, always, like, remember. Remember why I loved him and remember why I married him and remember those, you know, things that, you know, brought me to this place because you can lose sight in the moment of anger or frustration. And, man, we can give up on good stuff because we're just, in the moment, cranky about something. But, um, you know, I think we can so easily forget the good stuff and the faithfulness and um so yeah like it's just there's a lot of forgiving there's a lot of you know negotiating compromising on some stuff um but I think for me I just have to always remember to be like wow this is a good guy do you know what I mean like kind of never be unimpressed you know like just to keep that in, in light all the time
0: do you think that's your biggest key to marriage is to serve each other i think so i think we
1: we've just and we've it, like we've taken time to kind of work that through but sometimes i just have to say to myself how can i best serve him and how can i best help him achieve where he's going because and and it, it only works if it's reciprocated you know there has to be that kind of dual thing so he's you know he serves me and blesses me and he's um you know knows where I need help and and what he can do on his side and and so I think if you're both doing that it's a total winner like we always we do a little bit of pre-marriage counseling whenever he marries somebody and you know you've got to put something in the bank before you take with, withdrawal out like you can't go to the bank and expect them to just to hand over money if you haven't put anything in the first place and so we um just have to keep putting pennies in the bank. Do you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And that, I think I also forget that in that what we're investing in our marriage now, mm. we will reap in mm. five, ten years. Yeah. Because I think at the start it's tempting to have it look like everyone else's marriage sure. or what you think everyone else's Maybe. marriage looks like, yep. but you don't know. You actually don't no know. No one knows. No, that's true. We all come to church on Sunday with our nice faces on, mm. but we don't, you don't know. Yeah. Like, Josh and I had a really dumb argument tonight, but you didn't know that when <laughs> you walked in. Wow. You had no idea. No, we were making cups of tea like we were having a blast. <laughs> but this is this is real, right? That's right. That's the reality. And I remember having this conversation with you many years ago about perfectionism. <sighs> um, Isn't that yeah. exhausting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were both talking about how we're recovering mm. perfectionists. I think I'm still in recovery. Are you? But I'm doing a lot better than I used to. Good on you. Where do you think your perfectionism came from? When did it start? Oh, see, I just I think it's like a swear word now. Really? Oh,
1: yeah. And I just hate it when people go, uh, this just because I'm a f- perfectionist.
0: Can I say, can I hate it? I don't really. You can hate it. it. I don't mean that in a, ma- I, a mean I'm, way. I hate it now because of how much it takes away from me. It is a total yeah. reducer. Yeah. And I th- I know for me,
1: I think I always felt this pressure as a young person because I knew my family was a little bit of a bit messy that I had to kind of like come up with this facade that it's all good, you know, like look at my Everyone's report card. coping. <laughs> yeah, everyone's fine. And uh, my report card's really good and, you know, I'm wearing – some pretty cool sneakers and you know like uh, you know that stuff became important to me I think to divert any attention away from what was actually going on there at home and so I am um, you know I I would drill myself if I got things wrong or plenty of all-nighters through school just to like get things right and um, Yeah, and I look back and I just think, man, just chill out. Like, it doesn't actually matter that much. And, look, I understand that there's people who, you know, the whole world progresses because there's people who are so tenacious and do, you know, extreme amazing things, like geniuses (laughs) who push forward um, because of perfectionism or, like, that drive, that central focus. And I just don't think I've got it in me or... um care that much I think the cost is too huge and so I think um I just had to and really having kids knocks it out of you in a big way like you just can't keep up with that you know so I um you know I think I'm just happy and I don't want to sound like mediocre is okay either like I think you need a level of excellence but I think that's different to perfectionism I think perfectionism is actually fear that, um, people won't like me or I, you know, like I'll be judged or lesser than if I don't appear to have it all together. And I think it's really sad and just can rip people off, girls off from, you know, really
0: enjoying life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think you ever really enjoy something. No. In, I think it's an exhausting way to live. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I was like you. It was a it was a way to cope mm. and it was a way to control. Yeah. Um, and it was a way to bring value to myself that I didn't feel like I had, mm. you know, without it. You're important if you're a perfectionist and if you're achieving Absolutely. it. Mm. Did you have a moment in your life where you kind of did have this revelation about what it was doing to you? I don't know that I did. I feel like just
1: as you kind of, well, I mean... I'm sure people do but I for me it's just been more of a like a slow erosion of like that kind of expectation we to the point where I'm like oh man that was like a hard thing to keep up that facade all that time do you know what I mean so I am um, you know I think having a bit of failure is important like now I feel like failing so beautiful and I wish I'd failed more or been okay with failing you know I can I look back at a few times even as a kid I remember and the fear of failure was so strong it would bring me to my knees and just um emotional mess out of the idea of failing and I remember I failed a group assignment at uni which just rocked me because I'm like but I don't fail but I think, man, if I had been okay with that and it'd been, and I, I think it actually robs you of creativity, you know, not being not being willing to take those risks. So I really wish I'd probably approached things differently then. And so, you know, with my children now and, and even in the work that I'm doing, I'm like, just try it. Just give it a shot. There's, you know, I'd rather you try and fail than not try at all. And I know that's easier said than done, but I think it's just probably something I wish I'd, you know
0: gotten better at as a kid and as a teenager on the other side of failure is so much wisdom totally and we're robbing ourselves of the opportunity Mm -hmm. to get to that place out of fear
1: yeah Yeah. it's just a fear thing yeah everything's just yeah yeah and really fear is just not trusting god like i'm going to control this thing because i don't really know i don't really trust that god's got it you know so i'm going to have to manage this and and make it perfect
0: yes so totally this is this is outside of what we're talking about but (laughs) i'm i'm gonna do a live one of these are you on saturday brilliant i sent you some questions because it's me you robin and joe oh excellent (laughs) all in one go i didn't know about this Oh, my gosh. Maybe Joe will tell you tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. There's some questions in your inbox. <laughs> and so I was in the kitchen the day that Joe emailed me. Freaking out, man. Like Rude. freaking out. Just, I was like, God, it's just bad. <laughs> Everything's bad. Like, why am I doing this? And I'm such an idiot. And I'm just saying all this stuff. And God just said to me, Marion, none of this pressure is coming from me. Whoa and I just put that stopped. on the Instagram I, stopped. I was making tea and I just stopped physically mm. and God said I just love you isn't that beautiful like, yeah right mm. okay and I'm here freaking out about just bombing it. I'm going to make Joe look bad. I'm going to do <laughs> this. It's like people from not from our church. Like, our, you know, IC can give me a bit of grace. <laughs> That's Marion. Like, she's a bit of a weirdo, but we love her. But like, there's other people that I just not going to do this well. And God's just like, I just love you. And I think. Isn't that a
1: game changer, though? Totally. Like. Totally. So many of us just work out of, like, performance and looking right. But I think. Unless you've had a real revelation of the love of God. And I probably didn't until I moved to Brisbane.
0: Really? Yep.
1: Had a kid and everything. And I thought you had to have your life together before you had children. And I I really feel like I did not really understand the love of God until I was like late 20s. Tell me what that looked like. Well, I think, you know, you just kind of get caught up in do, 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 do for God. But... I think there's just an ease and you let go of all that perfectionist garbage when there's a, and it's just security, right? Security just kind of comes into your life that he's not looking for performance. He's not looking for me to ace it. He's not looking at my reports. You know, it doesn't matter. None of that matters that, you know, when you know that you know that you know that you're loved by God. And he's so much gentler with us than what we are. Like, I was just hard on myself and, mm. and can be still to this day. Like, I'm my own worst critic, I'm sure. But, you know, I think when you get that, oh, it's just like a breath of fresh air. Mm. It's freedom in your life, I think. So mm.
0: that pressure kind of lifts, you mm. know. So. And you realise that, yeah, you're the only one who... Yeah. Talks to you like that. Yeah. God doesn't talk to you like and that. And you
1: wouldn't talk to your own kids like Never. that.
0: Never. Thank you so much for listening. Part two of our conversation will be up and online in a couple of weeks. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And hey, if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this, why don't you share the episode with them? And while you're at it, feel free to subscribe to us as well in the iTunes Store, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from, really. More information on us is at icchurch.com and on Instagram at favor.women. We have the links to both of those places in our show notes in the episode description so you can find your way there. I'll see you next time. Bye.